This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I want to carry on this morning from where we left off last week. I was speaking about the, the, the power of a creative mind. And so I want to finish that off this morning. Um, if you open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. We live in interesting times. One thing I can remember, it's like from my grandparents, they always used to say, when we raised kids, you know, when we were your age, it was never as bad as this. And then my parents used to be, well, when we were kids, it was never like this. And now I hear the same thing coming out of my mouth. But it just seems as though the world nowadays is in a very interesting place. And it's important for us to know and understand and and be comfortable in the way that we handle the world in which we find ourselves. As born-again believers, we straddle the balance between living in the kingdom of darkness but walking from the kingdom of light. We're living in the kingdom of darkness, but we're to walk from the kingdom of light. What it means is we're going to find ourselves in situations where the influence of the enemy is going to be apparent. We live in a society that in many ways, the things that we grew up with, the things that we used to assume were normal and were healthy, have been turned on their heads. And the things which were good are now bad. And the things which before people looked at and were like, I'm not comfortable with that, all of a sudden that's become mainstream in reality. And so we're trying to navigate ourselves in this world. We're trying to find out where we are. We're in the space, but at the same time, we need to be defined in terms of who we are and what we're all about. It's in this context that God wants us to know him. He wants you to know him. He doesn't want you to just be aware of the fact that he's a God up there somewhere that we reverence and we respect. He's not just a God that's distant from us, but he wants you to know that the moment you came into relationship with him, something profound happened in your life, that the very life and the very nature of God came and took up residence on the inside of who you are. As a born-again believer, you have God on the inside of you, Amen. and he's wanting to make himself apparent to you. Rafa, you put up a new clock. (laughs) Good grief. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the words of God. There are a couple of very interesting points that I think are salient for us and I really want to reinforce this morning because I'm going to use them as a springboard to head into something. The first one is this. The worlds were framed by the words of God. What he's saying is this, the worlds were framed by substance. John 6.63, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. What he's saying is when Jesus, because actually Jesus created the earth. Jesus created everything. The father conceived it, Jesus created it. But when creation came into existence, he used spirit and life and he spoke. He used substance to create He used something that what we see in the world in which we find ourselves today didn't come out of nothing. What it has is its root, what it has has is its foundation, what informed and what gave it structure was spirit and life. 
He goes on and he sits and says, understanding that what is seen was not made from what is visible. He's making us aware of the fact that the realm in which God lives is the spirit realm. And although it not, may not be accessible to us tangibly, and although it may be invisible, it doesn't mean that it's not potent and powerful. What he's saying to us is, I need for you to understand certain principles that are at play here because I want you to understand who I am and how I work. Firstly, realize this. I am a creative God. I inherently carry within me the ability to create, to bring into being certain things. And the way that I frame things is as a result of my words, spirit and life. But for you to be able to partner with me, you have to be able to come to a place where you get comfortable with the realization and the reality that the things that you see are going to come from the things that are invisible. You have to get yourself to a place where you're comfortable living in the realm of the invisible. It's in this context that God's sitting saying, the reason that I want for you to do that is because I want to meet you and I want to become apparent to you. I want to walk life with you and I want you to experience me. I want for you to know that the moment you made a decision to get born again and the life of God came and lived on and moved on to the inside of you, the intention of my heart at that point was to marry myself with you so that you could walk into regular encounters with me. I'm to journey through life with you. But in order to do that, I need to get myself to a place where I recognize and I'm able to connect with the life that's on the inside of me. I need to get to a place where I can relate to what's on the inside of me, the presence of God. My ability to relate to him and for him to relate to me. It's the definition and the fundamentals of relationship. Can I come to a place where that which is intangible and yet that which is omnipotent and lives within me, I can get to a point where I can relate to it and I can open channels of communication so that I can speak to the God who lives inside me and he can communicate with me. It becomes important for us because it becomes fundamental. And it's important. And what I mean by that is this taking the way that God works in the way that He created is for us to understand that He's going to use a similar pattern in the way that He operates with us. As born again believers with the life of God on the inside of us, we are not to live by mercy, we're to live by grace. When we live by grace, what it means is I walk into a relationship so that I can connect with this God who's on the inside of me. I move to a place where I recognize his words are powerful and what he's going to begin to do in me and in my life is going to be framed by words. And to become aware of the fact that although I may not be able to see it and although I may not be able to touch it, the recognition and the appreciation that what is going to become visible in my life is going to have its roots in that which is not visible. And unless I can come to that place, I find it really hard to, to be able to relate to God and to work with him. I started speaking about this last week, but what I want to reaffirm is, I'm going to go past, um, over a couple of things again because I think they're important. The one is this. We are not 
as uncomfortable with the invisible as what we initially may feel. And the example I gave was, we are people who live by ideas. Ideas are invisible. Ideas are intangible. An idea is a conception that takes place on the inside of my mind. It is a reality that is birthed on the inside of who I am. But it's something that is real. It's something that is alive on the inside of me. I gave the example of Vivian. She has in her, she she had alive in her the whole idea about I want to bake something. It was living on the inside of her. I couldn't see it. I couldn't touch it. It wasn't tangible or accessible to me. The thing is, it was alive within her. And when she got into the kitchen, she was able to tap into what was invisible and yet she was able to bring it into manifestation. What's important for us is to recognize that when God created us, he recognized the fact that he had built us to be able to live on a place called earth. Earth, by its very nature, was tangible. But he recognized the fact that we were to live out of relationship with him. And because of that, when he created us, he put us in a physical body so that we could be acclimatized and we could be comfortable and we could live successfully in a tangible environment called earth. But he built on the inside of us a place in which he could inhabit, a place that he could live on the inside. And then in order to be able to straddle the divide between the invisible and the, and the tangible, he put into us something called a soulish realm, our ability to think. He put that inside of us because in, the, in the, the, the soulish realm, what it does is it's a comfortable arena between the invisible and the visible, the intangible and the tangible. It's comfortable in both worlds. It can straddle both worlds. And when we begin to look at our lives from the perspective of a soulish realm, we recognize that actually our lives are far more affected and conditioned by what is intangible than what is tangible. Everybody, if I said to you, what do you think about God? Everybody's got an idea. You've got a thought. Everybody has got a foundation that's established and it's your concept of who God is. And from that foundation, you have thoughts. And you know what? Your idea about God might be different to somebody else's. The thing about it is, it's alive within you. Your thinking is alive. It influences you and how you approach situations. The way that you feel about things. I'm apprehensive about that. I'm fearful about heights. These things make me happy. My feelings are alive on the inside of me. And yet they're intangible. You've never grabbed fear. You've never been able to grasp hold of happiness, but you feel it on the inside of you. It's something which is an intangible, and yet it influences and it affects our lives. Why is it that people have hot buttons, and all of a sudden somebody can touch something in your life, and bam, something comes out? Because it's an intangible that's alive on the inside of us, a world 
are characterized and affected by the intangibles more than we ever realize. Until we stop and we start to think about it a little bit, we begin to recognize that who I am and how I think and what I believe and what I feel and the words that come out of my mouth. I begin to recognize the fact that actually I'm a being that's defined by the invisible and the intangible. All of me and the very root of who I am is defined by something that is not accessible to my senses. The reason that ideas are powerful is because ideas can change your reality. I believe we can fly in a reality where man was stuck on the ground an idea came in that changed the reality cell phones did the same thing television did the same thing pens did the same thing what happened? an idea changed my reality ideas are powerful Because when I get an idea, when I get something on the inside of me that is alive, that's living, if I get something that I can conceive on the inside of me that is in contrast to the reality in which I find myself, it puts me in a place where I'm able to influence the realities of my life. The invisible and the intangible is powerful. It's powerful. You're struggling with sickness and disease. And my life is difficult and I'm finding these things hard. And it's into that reality that God says, by his stripes you are healed. I can't see it. I can't touch it. But it doesn't mean that it's not real. What he's saying is the intangible and the invisible. An idea can change your reality. You don't know how hard life is for me because I'm struggling because I can't make ends meet. Things are so difficult because no matter what I do, I find that I can never get to the other side. And he says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. What is he saying? He's saying, I'm giving you an idea. I'm birthing something on the inside of you, something powerful that can change your reality. The world will think you're crazy. Do you think they never laughed at the Wright brothers? If you think they laughed at Noah, they laughed at the Wright brothers. You can fly. I'm sure that went down really well. The problem with it is this. People who are conformed to their reality can't see ideas. They can't see potential and they can't see power because they can't access the invisible. And if you can't touch the invisible, you can't introduce newness. John chapter 8, you don't have this. John chapter 8, 31 and 32. Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, If you abide in my word, spirit and life, if you let me speak into your life, spirit and life, 
And you're able to grab hold of spirit and life. And you allow that to give definition to the framework of your life. And you allow that to inform the foundation to who you are. You allow that to give definition to your mindset. It'll birth in you ideas, revelation of what it means to be free from where you are right at the moment. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's knowing the truth that sets you free. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I've built you to be able to embrace ideas. I've built you to be able to embrace the invisible. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take and impart what is of me. And I'm going to use spirit and life. I'm going to use my words to give you something. And if you allow that something to to begin to form a framework for your thinking and your mindset, you will live from that place. And it'll be able to take you from the reality that has kept you confined, that has kept you constricted, that has kept you in prison, and it'll be able to liberate and set you free. It's not the truth. It's if the truth redefines what's on the inside. The invisible and the intangible is powerful. Creative people create. The root of creative is the ability to create, not the ability to be flowery. It's important because the ability to create is what defines God. What separates man from the rest of creation was that man was made creative. You were given the ability to create. I've never seen any animal ever create or build a building. Build an aeroplane, an infrastructure, a road work. It's something peculiar to man. Our ability to create is peculiar to man because you were built in the image of God. He put you in a domain called earth, and what he said is, I'm equipping you to reign and rule in that domain. And in order for you to be able to reign and rule in that domain, it's important for you to be able to create in that space. To create is to give, make something visible, to give expression to something. It's to go from conception all the way through to the birth of life. Our ability to create. God has built on the inside of us a desire for those things. God has built on the inside of us a desire to be able to influence spaces like that. You know, our heart is influenced by three key influences. It's either influenced by who I am, or through the voice of the enemy, or through the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the three. 
all three of those have the opportunity to be able to come in and to be able to have influence over my mindset. That's why the word says, guard your heart. What it's saying is this, the very place that I created for you to be able to connect with me, the place that I created for me to be able to take who I am and my words and impart them to you so that you could receive them and that you were able to process them and that you were able to walk them out into your life is a place that all of a sudden became compromised because of the fall. Guard it carefully. Because the thing is, any voice can come in there. That's why as kingdom citizens, we are to live from the inside out, not the outside in. What it means is I'm to connect with the very life that's on the inside of me. God who's living inside of me. I need to be able to relate to him and give him access to that space in my life so that he can begin to populate it, so that he can begin to inform it with who he is and with his words. It's a place that was exclusively designed for God's access and nobody else's. Guard it carefully. Guard it carefully. You see, when we conceive something on the inside of us, when we conceive a mindset that comes from revelation, it gives us the opportunity to see something that the world can't see which is the kingdom. The challenge, if you're not born again, is that you don't have a source from which to draw that is able to introduce you to God's design for life. The wonderful opportunity that you have as a born-again believer is that you have the life of God on the inside of you, and he's looking for opportunities to introduce you to his design for your life, his intentions in your situations, to introduce you to his power, to introduce you to his healing, to introduce you to his provision. He's looking for opportunities to do that. As a born-again believer, when I make available and accessible to him the very part of me which is has the ability to inform my mindset, what I do is I'm saying to him, I want for you to populate that. And when he does, it changes my vision because I can see things all of a sudden that I couldn't see before. It gives me a paradigm. It gives me a mindset that is built out of his substance. It changes the way that I, I interact with life. It makes my thinking new. Have a look at um, Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read it out of the Passion. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the sense and reason of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. What he's saying is this, the opportunity exists in the world in which you find yourself to open your heart up and make it available and accessible to your own thinking and to be populated by the enemy. And when you do, what ends up happening is we conform and look like the environment in which we find ourselves. But he says, the thing about it is, if we begin to recognize the fact that I have the life of God on the inside of me, I have the ability to be able to sit and say, hold on. In the situation in which I find myself, what does he say? I need his words in this moment. 
I need to understand what he's saying to me because I need for him to begin to populate and establish within me a mindset that's defined by him. When I get his mindset, it introduces me to his intentions and his purposes. I can step into an invitation from him to move into an an encounter with what he wants in that situation. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. The word knowledge there is revelation. What it's saying is, unfortunately, the people that have me on the inside of them, there are too many people that want to access the world and access television and access Facebook and access everything else to find out what they should be doing in their lives. And the problem with it is the mindset of their life has been informed by everything other than me. The reason you're struggling, the reason that it's so hard, the reason that things haven't changed for such a protracted period of time is because you find yourself in a place where I'm sitting saying, God, um, this, 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 and this. But I've never actually asked you what you think. I've never asked you what you think. We call to be creative. We called to create. And when it comes to creation, if you have a look at, uh, I think it's Romans 12:2. I'm going to read it out of the passion as well. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The temptation is always to give a voice to the environment in which I find myself. I want to assess what's going on. I want to appraise what's happening and I tell myself what I think about the situation. I let other people inform me about the situation. I let knowledgeable voices speak into my life about the situation. The problem with it is what ends up happening is my reality starts to be conformed. My, my inner reality starts to be conformed by my external reality. I have nothing to introduce. I have no idea to introduce there because everything that's on the inside of me has become nothing more than something which mimics and and reveals and, and, and is an expression of the environment in which I find myself. The reason that we have the life of God on the inside of us is because it's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation to sit and say, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. Come and speak to me because I've got some ideas for you. Come and speak to me because I can tell you a little bit about Christ and who he is. I can tell you a little bit about what he's all about and it'll introduce you to a new way of living. If I can change your mindset, I equip you to be able to take something which is powerful and introduce it to your reality. I give you something which is intangible but is transformational. So when God created us, he knew that we were going to live in a natural realm called the earth. And yet our roots 
and who we were comes out of the spirit, which is intangible. And so he built within us something called a womb in our soulish realm. It's the heart of what gives you life. It informs your thinking, your feeling, your emotions, your decisions, your actions, your words. It's the very essence and the core of your soulish realm. The challenge with it is, it's fertile as the Nile. Be careful. Guard it carefully. Because you know what? Anytime seed gets in there, it's going to grow. Guard it conscientiously. The challenge with it is, before we came to Christ, what ended up happening was, we were at a place where we didn't recognize that truth. And very often what people end up doing is, they find themselves in a place where they weren't as guarded. And so they have places inside of them that are defined outside of what God's intention is. They have parts to them that are hardened. And they don't really want to hear what God has to say about stuff. It's true. Even Christians. Can I get really close to the bone today? I think we have to talk about some stuff just because it's a part of our world. And, and, and it's important. Let me, let me say this. If we don't go back and touch relationship with the Father and allow him to influence every aspect of our life, we're going to get into trouble. We're going to lean to our own understanding and to the understanding of other things. There is so much racial division and tension in this country. I've been here 35 years. Never known it this bad. Never known it this bad. And it's into this environment that we want to know, so what does God have to say about things? You see, there's a theory out there. There's a theory. The problem with the theory is that it's supposed to be something which addresses racism. The problem with the theory is that its solutions are all racially based. The problem with the theory is that you're going to fall into one of two categories. You're either a victim or you're an oppressor. Let me tell you something. Here's the reality. Jesus says in the kingdom, there's neither Greek nor Jew. Okay, bond nor free. Do you know what it means? God says, wake up! Simple. Stop looking at natural things. Get to understand and appreciate the person for who they are. Your solution doesn't lie in sitting saying everybody's something because they are this color or that color or this race or this nationality or anything else. All you're going to do is create division. The reason that the kingdom is powerful is because it sits and says, you know what? You are living and you are alive. And God loves you for who you are, not for how you look or where you came from. That's what the Bible says. I didn't even say it. I'm glad you appreciate it. But it's the Bible. I can't tell you how many people you talk to and it says, but you don't understand. I do understand. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. 
Hard soil. Hard soil. I don't care what God says in this space. For whatever reason, I'm not open to stuff, including what God has to say. I've got hard soil. And in that space, I can't walk into God's design because you know what? He can't see it. There are places in our heart that are rocky. You know what it means? It means I've got no debts to me. I love coming to church and I get so excited and I get so motivated by everything, but I don't have a deep desire for him. I don't have something which really compels me to sit and say, God, if you put your life inside me, your life, why can't I touch that? How do I let that come through and give redefinition to who I am and transform how I live? I'm in pursuit of it. I think too many Christians at the end of their life are going to wake up to lost potential. What could have been. But I never had the desire or the tenacity. I was too comfortable. It's rocky. It's nice. It's good. It's just not deep. Some places in our life where we've let some stuff in. We never realized we were fertile. And I've got some weeds growing up all over the place. And God's trying to do some stuff in my life. And he's trying to seed my life. And every time he tries to get somewhere, what he ends up discovering is the fact that the weeds are a bigger issue in my life than his seed. I can't introduce something new to your life because every time I speak to you, every time I take the seed of spirit and life and I put it inside there, what ends up happening is it gets choked up. And my life carries on as normal. And I'm frustrated as a Christian. And all I do is I talk about my worries and my woes and my angst and my pain and my hurt and my this and my that. And it never changes because the weeds have never been dealt with. God is looking to introduce us to a place that is fertile and that is receptive to him. Creative people live in a space where they're always looking to be pregnant. I've got to conceive something inside of me because if I don't have life inside of me, I can't give birth to anything. If there's no conception, there's no life. As a creative person, my ability to be able to take and create is dependent on my ability to fall pregnant. If you're a born-again believer and you have the life of God on the inside of you, you form part of a group of people known as the church. The church is the bride of Christ. If you fall pregnant, I expect to know who the Father is. Don't be sexually promiscuous. Watch where you go. You're the bride. What it means is, God, your heart. 
because I'm creating a life for the two of us together. And part of our life together means that the two of us are going to conceive and the two of us are going to give birth to life. And the two of us are going to define a future together that's going to be defined by the two of us. And the two of us are going to walk into a reality so that you're going to know who I am because what you give birth to is going to become an expression of who you are and who he is. I'm into conception and I'm into pregnancy. Because you know what? When you conceive and you're pregnant, inside you is a baby. It's the substance of things hoped for. The life of the baby inside of me, the moving and the turning, the moving and the jeering, the, the demanding the attention, the anticipation of its birth, everything that's happening on the inside of me is evidence of the fact that it's alive. I haven't seen anything. I've seen nothing. But I know it's alive in me. God wants to do something in your life and he's going to start by taking who he is and imparting it into your mindset. And when God imparts spirit and truth into your mindset, you're going to conceive something. And all of a sudden your mindset starts to change and it's like, I see it. It's alive in me. It's real to me. I can tangibly feel it. It's like I can taste it. It drives me. I see it in the world in which I find myself. We can fly. And the world can't see it. And the world doesn't understand it. And people may mock you and people may point at you. But it's alive in me. And the fact that it is living inside of me. And the fact that it affects the way that I think. And I see. And I feel. And I anticipate. And I prepare. And I'm looking forward to the future. Is evidence of the fact that it's alive. His faith is inside of me. Faith is not an action. Faith is a noun. Faith is substance. But when you have substance, it introduces you to belief. Belief is a verb. If you want to know what is in a person's heart, listen to what comes out of their mouth. You see... The substance that defines my thinking becomes what informs my believing. When I believe something, I speak what I believe. I act from what I believe. I feel what I believe. Everything that defines the substance that defines my thinking gives expression in the form of belief which comes out in me in every pore. If you're feeling sad, check the substance of your life. Your issue is not your emotions. If you're depressed, your issue is not your emotions. If you feel unhappy with yourself, your issue is not your emotions. The issue is what substance is defining that thinking in your life because it's informing your beliefs. When you change your beliefs, you'll change your life. 
When you change your beliefs, you'll change your world. When you change your beliefs, they'll become an expression of the intangibles in my life. And when I allow those intangibles to be informed by spirit and life, what ends up happening is I move to a place where he who is greater than all begins to define my life. And when he starts to define my life, I can walk out in in power and authority. Why? Because it's not about me. It's the baby. The baby comes with spirit and power because you know who the father is. My responsibility is to birth it. He'll take care of the rest. I can't expect him to take care of the rest when I'm running off doing my own thing and asking him to bless it. The problem is we want to conceive all over the place. We want to conceive different things. And then we have a look at it and we know that it's not good. And we don't like it. And we don't like the feel. And there's no life being expressed in it. But because there's death coming out, all of a sudden we start to randomly quote scriptures. But it's not alive in me. You've got to get pregnant. You've got to conceive. And until you get to that place where you conceive from him, I don't live in a space where I can realize and walk into power and authority. Can we all stand? Um, What I would like to do is this. Maybe you're someone here today And what's defining your heart is preventing you from realizing God seeding your mindsets. You have, may have some places in you that are hard. I've been through some stuff that made me hard and callous, and I don't really care about what anybody, including God, really thinks about it. I would never really say that to him. But the truth of it is, I'm so set in my ideas, nothing's going to change me. Perhaps you're sitting there and you're saying, I know that I've got God living on the inside of me, but I just really don't have the passion that I need to have. Alex, can you play? I don't have the, the passion that I need. I don't have on the inside of me the tenacity to be able to sit and say, God, you know what, no matter what, I want to discover this life that's living on the inside of me. I want to connect with it. I want to relate to it. I want to be able to get to that place where the two of us move through life together. Maybe you've got some weeds. I'll tell you how you know if you've got weeds. You keep dealing with the same issue over and over and over again. You've got some weeds. What it means is there's some stuff that's living on the inside of you and we need to use some spiritual roundup. Get rid of the stuff, and what you'll find is you're open for him to see that space in your life. If you fall into any of those categories, I want to invite you to come up here so I can pray with you.